Greetings. This week our gospel text is on the 11th chapter of John, the story of the death of Lazarus. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory. So that the Son of Man, excuse me, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they are the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, no, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I know that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were there with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what he had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the council and said, What are we to do? This man is performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You do not understand that it is better for you to have one man die for the people than to have the whole nation destroyed. He did not say this on his own, but being high priest that year, he prophesied about Jesus that was about to die for the nation. And not for the nation only, but to gather into one the dispersed children of God. So from that day on, they planned to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked about openly among the Jews, but went from there to a town called Ephraim in the region near the wilderness, and he remained there with the disciples. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In one of her short stories, the writer Annie Dillard has a scene in which a family is sadly gathered at the grave to commit a loved one's body to the earth. At one point, the minister intones the familiar words from 1 Corinthians 15, Where, O death, is thy sting? Upon hearing that, one of the family members looked up. He scans the sorrowful faces of the family and sees all around him row upon row of headstones in the cemetery. And then he thinks to himself, where, O oh death, is thy sting? Well, it's just about everywhere, seeing as how you asked. 
It's just about everywhere. Indeed. In this season of COVID-19, we are receiving worldwide death toll updates every hour. Yet this is hardly new. Hurricane Katrina in 2005 wiped out over 1,800 lives. When the earthquake hit Haiti in 2010, tens of thousands died in seconds. When a tsunami hit Thailand in 2004, the death toll rose to over a quarter of a million within days. And those are but a few of the large death tolls, however. Death happens every day, just about everywhere. And so does the denial of death. Fortunes are spent on the denial of death. You do not have to look old. You can paint, peel, scrub, burn, freeze, inject, or surgically lift your face to deny the aging process. You can dye your graying hair or transplant hair where you've lost your own. You can chirogenically freeze your body for a future time or clone yourself. You can take hormones, inject stem cells, or replace worn out parts. People are dying to live. And yet, at some point in time, you still die. Someone said, birth leads to a terminal condition called life. You know, from the day that you're born, you are dying. Today's gospel text is about someone who died in order to live. We find Jesus across the Jordan River from Jerusalem, where he had fled a potential stoning a few days earlier. And while Jesus is there, his dear friend Lazarus becomes deathly ill. His sisters Mary and Martha send word to Jesus that their brother is seriously sick. We're not told, but it seems clear that their intent was for Jesus to come quickly and heal their brother as he had done for so many others. Yet Jesus hangs around for two more days before leaving for Bethany. As Jesus and his disciples near the home of Lazarus and his sisters, they can hear the professional mourners wailing. Lazarus has been dead for four days, and his body lies in a nearby cave tomb. First, Martha goes out to meet Jesus. She then returns to the house, tells Mary that Jesus is nearby, and Mary goes out to him. Both of them, upon encountering Jesus, greet him with, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, we do not know how this was expressed. Were they angry with Jesus that he did not come immediately to intervene in the life and death cycle? Are they heartbroken because Jesus does not appear to care for their brother as much as they had thought? What we do know is that they both believed that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, they both believe that he can heal people miraculously. They both believe that if Jesus wanted to, he could have prevented their brother's death. Martha adds, 
Even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Martha knows her Bible. She has faith. She knows that God will answer Jesus' prayers. And Martha believes in the resurrection of the dead. She shows complete trust in Jesus for the future. But she wanted more right now. Who hearing this message has not thought in a time of crisis, grief, or tragedy, God, where are you? God, why did this happen? God, why didn't you do something to prevent this? In that moment of pain, we are too overwhelmed to look to eventual redemption. We want relief now. We are dying to live. What Mary and Martha and we miss is that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Being in relationship with Jesus means that Jesus walks beside us through our grief. He provides strength and comfort when we deal with the death of our loved ones and when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death ourselves. But even more, Jesus tells us in John 10, 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Life is not just a future hope. We have abundant, eternal life now. In our baptism, we have been claimed by God. We are redeemed in the here and now. We need only to accept it. When Jesus, with Jesus, we die to the fear that binds us like grave clothes. We can give up our hold on this temporary life and begin living our eternal life. And whether we live or die, we are the Lord's because he is right now the resurrection and the life. Each time we come to the communion table, we see and taste the Lord in the bread and wine. We receive him in the here and now. And we also receive a foretaste of the feast to come when we are with him in heaven. Notice that Jesus came to Lazarus when he was dead in the grave. Lazarus could do nothing to earn, buy, or work his way out of the hold of death. All he could do was to receive the power of God to give him new life. Now we are all Lazarus. We are all walking dead, bound in grave clothes until Jesus unbinds us, until Jesus breathes new life into us and makes us a new creation. This story of the raising of Lazarus is not just a miracle that Jesus performed in a foreign land a couple thousand years ago. It's a miracle that happens daily to all believers. And yet we keep crawling back into the grave. 
we're familiar with death. Death is just about everywhere. So we choose it even as we try to run from it. We choose to turn away from God and live in sin. And Jesus keeps breathing new life into us. Decide today to live. Accept the breath of life that Jesus offers you. Live like you believe in the resurrection of the dead. And then when someone who is dying to live asks, where can you find any hope in this world? Boldly declare, in Jesus, right here, right now. Just throw off the grave clothes and breathe.